In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be. I just want to start by saying I find it very funny how every year Deacon Tom finds a way not to serve and not to read this gospel today. He always passes it off on me. Just want to thank you for that, Deacon Tom. Your broken wrist is just a cover, I know. Just a cover. Uh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, this is one of the more memorable gospel readings of the year. And it's really hard to understand why it's so important that we just read a list of names. But this is the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. This gospel reading reminds us that God truly took flesh. That the creator of time entered into time. That the creator of matter took on matter on his divine, na on his divine person. And he entered into a real family. He entered into a real place, and he really did have a body, and he really did come and dwell among us. He truly is Emmanuel, God with us. And if you look at the names in that genealogy, there is a lot of brokenness. There are a few saints, and there are many sinners. Our Lord did not take on the most prestigious family, even though he was from the lineage of kings. Our Lord did not only join the perfect, but he came and redeemed the chosen. This genealogy which we hear today, again, is a reminder that God is with us. God is with us. And throughout all of our lives, no matter what's going on, God is with us. And that's really what I want you to remember today. Remember that God is with us. Today, we also celebrate on the Sunday before the Nativity, all those who of old were righteous, from Adam down to Joseph the betrothed, the prophets and the prophetesses, and especially we remember Daniel the prophet and the three holy children who were with him in Babylon. Ananias, Azariah, and Misael. I was wondering this week, why do we remember the three holy children and Daniel? Why do we remember them on this Sunday, the Sunday before Nativity? What's the connection? And as I started contemplating the meaning of God with us, it occurred to me that there is no greater image of God being with us than the angel of great counsel, the pre-incarnate Christ himself, walking in the midst of the flames with the three holy youths. After they had been thrown in the flames by King Nebuchadnezzar for refusing to worship the idol that he made. I talked about idolatry last week. I think it's fitting that these three holy youths give us the perfect example of what it means to worship the true God and worship Him alone. And so we commemorate Daniel and the three holy youths. We commemorate that fiery furnace. And we also remember Daniel who was thrown into the lion's den twice. Twice. And the hymns of the church say Daniel was like a shepherd to the lions. They did not hurt him. 
These miracles attest to us that God is with us, God is with His holy ones, and God is with those who praise Him in, even in the midst of trials and temptations. And as I've been reflecting this month on the different odes of the Nativity Canon, I will finish my reflections today talking about odes 7 and 8, which just happened to talk about the three holy children in the fire. Remember, the odes of the canon are based on the biblical canticles, the biblical songs that are there. And in Daniel chapter 3, there are two, two canticles, one by Azariah in the midst of the flames and the other by the three holy youths in the midst of the flames. And so odes 7 and 8 of every canon are based on these biblical canticles. So in the Nativity canon, we hear this in Ode 7. The children brought up together in godliness scorned the impious decree of the tyrant. They were not afraid of the threat of fire. But standing in the midst of the flames, they sang, Blessed art thou, O God of our fathers. And then in Ode 8, we hear the furnace moist with dew was an image prefiguring a wonder beyond nature. For it did not burn the children whom it had received, nor did the fire of divinity consume the virgin's womb when it entered it. So let us raise the song, let all creation bless the Lord and exalt Him throughout all ages. So we see here, the children were not afraid of the fire, but standing in the midst of the flames, they sang, Blessed art thou, O God of our fathers. And in Ode 8, we hear that the furnace is an image of the virgin's womb, because the fire of the Godhead enters it, but it is not hurt, it is not damaged, and it is not consumed. This is also an image of us when we receive Holy Communion. We pray that in the prayers before and after Communion. Consume me not, O my Creator. So these canticles of the three holy children, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, also named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those were those, their Babylonian names, these canticles occupy an important place in the Orthodox worship because, as I said, they make up two odes of every canon. However, in a Protestant Bible, these texts are missing. They're completely missing in the Protestant Bibles, and they're relegated to the realm of uh, uncanonical scripture known as the Apocrypha, the hidden texts. But it's there in the Orthodox Bible. It's there in the Septuagint text. And we also read these texts on Holy Saturday. On Holy Saturday at the first Paschal Liturgy. But after the children fall into the furnace, the Greek text continues, they walked about in the midst of the flame, singing to God and praising the Lord, and then launches into the prayer of Azariah and the three and the hymn of the three children. And I want to just read a little a few excerpts from these hymns so you get a taste of what it is. And I think it's also amazing that these hymns are sung while they're in the furnace. So listen to the language while they're in the furnace. The three holy youths are singing in the middle of their hymn, Bless the Lord, you winter cold and summer heat. 
and sing a hymn to him and exalt him beyond measure unto the ages. Bless the Lord, you dews and snows, and sing a hymn to him and exalt him beyond measure unto the ages. Bless the Lord, you frost and cold, and sing a hymn to him and exalt him beyond measure unto the ages. Bless the Lord, you hoarfrosts and snows, and sing a hymn to him and exalt him beyond measure unto the ages. How many of us, and when we got four feet of snow in a week, we're singing, Bless the Lord, you snows. Bless the Lord, you cold. I'll admit, I wasn't one of those doing that. Okay? Bless the Lord, you night and day. And sing a hymn to him and exalt him beyond measure unto the ages. Bless the Lord, you light and darkness. And sing a hymn to him and exalt him beyond measure unto the ages. You see how they're, they're giving thanks for all things here. Bless the Lord, O children of men, and sing a hymn to Him, and exalt Him beyond measure unto the ages. Bless the Lord, O Israel. Bless the Lord, O priest of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O servants of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O spirits and souls of the righteous. Bless the Lord, O holy ones and humble in heart. Bless the Lord, O Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, and sing a hymn to Him, and exalt Him beyond measure unto the ages. And listen to this. This is why it's read on Holy Saturday, and this is what we should always have before us. Quote, For He delivered us from Hades and saved us from the hand of death. He rescued us from the midst of the burning fiery furnace and saved us from the midst of the fire. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, because His mercy endures forever. Bless the Lord, the God of gods, all you who worship Him, and sing a hymn to Him, and give thanks to Him, for His mercy endures forever. He delivered us from Hades, saved us from the hand of death, and rescued us from the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And they're singing this while they're in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. This is the type of prayer that comes from holy people who can take all circumstances and offer it to God in thanksgiving. And this is something we can all do. This is, this is more than just seeing your glasses half full. Okay? This is more than going beyond just regular uh, pop psychology, just think on the bright side of everything. This is truly offering thanks to God for every circumstance, good and bad. And this comes from a thankful and grateful heart that recognizes all the gifts that God has given us. This is the type of prayer that comes from a heart who, like Joseph in the Old Testament, could say to his brothers who had sold him into slavery, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. This is the prayer of a heart that can see God's providential hand working in every circumstance. Even when it's not according to His will, He can still take a situation and make beauty from ashes. We are all called. We are all called to live with a thankful heart. We are all called 
to give thanks to God for everything. We are all called to see the beauty of God in all of creation and the beauty of our Creator and every person we encounter. We are all called to take the ugly and dire circumstances and machinations of the world and give it to God in thanksgiving and say, Thy will be done. May I become a conduit of your grace to turn this into something good, to take this opportunity, this, this seeming challenge or roadblock of something evil and turn it into something to glorify God's name. We are all called to do this. The question is, how do we respond when our life appears to be going up in flames? How do we respond when we feel our own lives not going according to the way that we want it to go? Do we respond with fear and bitterness, with sarcasm and cynicism, or do we respond with faith and love? Do we respond with complaints, or do we respond with praise? The flames did not cease to be flames even when the three holy children stood in the midst of them. Nor did they cease to be flames when the angel of great counsel came and walked in the midst of the flames with the three holy children. No, they were still hot and fiery. And the same is true for our trials and sufferings. They don't cease to be trials and suffering. They don't cease to be real. The pain is still there. But with God's help, our experience of them can be transformed. Our experience of them can be transformed into something divine and sacred because those sufferings and that pain can draw us closer to God even when we don't understand why it's happening. We have a couple of choices. We can take the advice of Job's wife, curse God and die, or we can, take, we can follow the lead of Job himself who said, even though he slay me, I will bless the Lord. If we can endure what is set before us, remember Christ says, he who endures to the end will be saved. If we can endure what is set before us, then we will find ourselves drawing near to God. Brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter if our trouble is moral or psychological or physical or financial or emotional or even ecclesiastical. We have to remember that God is with us. God is with us in every walk of life, and our lives are in God's hands. I had this conversation with two people this week, struggling with major health issues. Our life is in God's hands. And if you think it's only in His hands when you're on the brink of death or facing a major health crisis, then you need to remember your life is in His hands every single day. When you get in the car and go to the grocery store, when you go to school, when you go to work, when you wake up and even go to the kitchen, your life is in God's hands. Every breath is a gift. Every day is an opportunity to glorify Him. Our life is always in His hands because He is always with us. 
God is with us. Understand all ye nations and submit yourselves, for God is with us. So says Isaiah in chapter 8. Brothers and sisters, my prayer is that as we draw near this week to the nativity of our Lord, as we enter into His incarnation and His birth in the cave, and as we struggle through all the hardships that it means to simply live, and all the hardships it takes to get ourselves to church to praise God, that we can offer every circumstance and everything back up to Him in thanksgiving. That we can replicate the song of the youth, and if not in those words, at least in the Spirit, giving thanks to Him for all things. And this is the example given to us by St. John Chrysostom, whose dying words were, Glory to God for all things. May God give us the strength to praise and glorify Him. May God give us the strength to see everything as a gift from Him. May God give us the grace and the mercy to praise and glorify His name unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst.